Hello and welcome to Smash Hit Sports. I'm your host, Cody. We have an electric guest on to talk a great week of NFL, and I am thankful that he is on because it is our Thanksgiving episode. We have Chu Russell at Father Dynasty on Twitter. Make sure you give him a follow. He is a great follow there. He is the host of the Father Dynasty podcast, talking all things fatherhood and fantasy football. It's an incredible listen. It's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, all those good places. Absolutely go check it out. Chu, thanks for coming on, man. Cody, thank you for having me. You know, this week with Thanksgiving, you know, I got my son ready to deal with some family uh, travel and all that. But as a Panthers fan, I'm just exhausted. You know, we got another quarterback starting. So I'm ready for a nice, easy conversation about football. Uh, how I, I have to ask, how do you look into your son's eyes every Sunday as a Panthers fan and be like, yep, we're going to we're going to do this again? Well, and my wife, my wife is a Vikings fan. So I just say, just go sit next to mom. She knows what she's doing. <laughs> And she had a bad Sunday last weekend as yeah, well, <laughs> so uh, I don't know who's in the better spot here. I mean, it's obviously the Vikings, but at least you get Sam Darnold. That's, that's right. Uh, he got he got drafted in the first round one time. Yeah, that's well. <laughs> hey, that, not every quarterback can be Patrick Mahomes, but that's right. Jude, I appreciate you coming on. We're going to talk about last week's games first. We're going to hit on some contenders or pretenders. Um, we're going to do some things we're thankful for football wise, and then we're going to end it on games that we're looking forward to this weekend games that we think will stink. I cannot wait for it. Let's talk about the Vikings. Um, your wife's team, they got smacked. They got smacked and there wasn't anybody fantasy wise who looked good. Dalvin cook, Justin Jefferson actually had a bad game for once in his career. I am stunned. Um, and Kirk cousins put up nothing for my team. Um, what do we think about this Vikings team? Because they're now sitting at eight and two, but they have a minus two point differential on the year. Yeah. You know, kind of looking at this game and comparing it to, I know they were coming off just one of the best games I've ever seen in my life. Absolutely. I, don't, I don't know if there's a bit of a hangover with that. And that, that should be no, uh, no, no reason to say that you can't come out and play football the next week. Cause that's what you're paid to do. Um, but I mean, they couldn't convert on third down and overall, I mean, I'm worried with Cousins getting, I think it was, he was getting sacked seven times. And on the other side of the ball, I mean, Dak was fully protected. So it was just lopsided on every level. But my biggest thing is, I think this could be a get right moment for them where it was, you know, they're still okay. Their division is trashed where like the next closest team is the Lions. The Lions aren't going to overtake them to win the division. So I would like to think that they can hold on to it. You know, they can afford this loss, maybe one or two more, but I still think if they end up with, say 13 wins, 14 wins, they got the division, they're in the, in the playoffs, and they're good to go. Yeah, I think the big thing is home field advantage is going to be – the Vikings in Minnesota is a tough place to play. Mm. Um, you get the skull chance and everything. That that stadium gets absolutely electric. That being said, I have, so, I have some concerns, and it started with the offensive line because they weren't able to run the football. They weren't able to throw the ball. They were getting no time, and Micah Parsons – is a menace. He's a problem. He mm. is somebody that I wish as a Bengals fan that was on my football team. However, how much of this week's game was on the Vikings and how much of it was on the fact that the Cowboys are a legitimate playoff worthy team? Yeah, it felt like the perfect moment where it's you're catching the Vikings at their weakest. And I mean, Dak really hasn't been back for that many, that many weeks. So I feel like He's just continued to be trending up and up and up as he's gotten back. He's getting more comfortable. Tony Pollard, 
just about 200 all-purpose yards. Like, they don't need Zeke. I mean, it's incredible. It's the narrative that's been built for so many years saying, yeah, but it's still Zeke's team. You know, Pollard's okay. He, he, he's, he's a handcuff. He's the top handcuff. No, he can do it by himself. And that, that's an embarrassment of riches when you have Zeke, who at this point, I think he had like 2.8 yards per carry. Like, he's a bit of a plotter at this point. But, again, he could take abuse between the tackles, but Pollard is electric. Yeah, and from a, a fantasy state, I'm not going to take any, like, Zeke's yardage betting props, and I'm not, like, super mm. excited for him from, like, a fantasy football standpoint. That being said, he's still startable in my mind, especially this year, right? Mm. He's going to get goal line work, and in an offense that should be in the red zone quite a bit. Yeah, um, I, I think that, that'll that be one thing that Elite allows to kind of, you know, lift his floor up a bit is – I mean, Dallas is not going to stop giving him the ball. That's the one thing where I feel like they have the money invested in him, and no matter how good Tony Pollard does, it doesn't matter at all. Zeke will yeah. continue to get touches no matter Look, what. Look, Jerry Jones is not going to pay a man to not just tote the damn rock. That's right. Um, and I, he is such a – as a Bengals fan, I'm used to my owner just being completely removed from the t- – like nobody has heard hide nor tail of Mike Brown outside of like one or two interviews a year. Yeah. What would it, I wonder what it's like to have an owner who is just so heavily involved with a team like Jerry Jones. Yeah, I mean, and as long as there's at least some level of success to where it's like, you know, if you put yourself in that spotlight and almost in front of the team at times, you then have that, you know, the fan base is going to come after you. They're going to say, we see you enough. We hear what you're saying. We see who you're paying. Like, you're you're claiming to be making all these right decisions. If it goes wrong... The finger's going right at you, and you better answer for it. So, yeah, to give and take, the, I suppose. The thing is, like, what are you going to do? You can't fire the guy. He owns the team. So, <laughs> it, that's it, right. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, let's move on to that Monday night football game. 49ers, from start to finish, dominated this game. And I understand that there was no Kyler Murray. Are the 49ers a, a, a top team in the NFC, if not the top team in the NFC? I would say a top team in the NFC. Ooh, okay. And okay. I, they're very well-rounded. Again, they're kind of hitting their stride at the right moment in the season. You know, they're playing against the law firm of McCoy McSorley. Or McSorley so, I mean, I, I don't know what yeah. to make of that. But, again, it the, the entire game, they handled it. I mean, this is the NFL, so it's any given Sunday and or Monday in this case. And, I mean, they truly handled them and did not give them any bit of chance of to win that game to come back. So something has to be said for – Jimmy G getting those four tutties, uh, you know, being told that he can't be a dynamic quarterback. I think he's doing just fine. Uh, and Kittle Kittle and Ayuk, you know, getting the opportunities where it used to just be, it's only Debo. Christian McCaffrey, about 100 all-purpose yards. Like, I get Elijah Mitchell outrushed him in terms of, I think he had two more carries than he did, but they want CMC for the long haul. And he's going to be there. And as a Panthers fan, tough to see him go, but they're using him the way he should be. Yeah, and that's one thing that is – awesome from an NFL standpoint and not awesome from a fantasy football standpoint is Kyle Shanahan makes that offense so dynamic. They're able to do so many things with the running scheme and the passing game, the whole nine yards that they're going to exploit matchups. They're going to take advantage of all of those weapons. So you're not going to get a guy like a Cooper cup who is a target hog and gets every share of, you know, the Rams touches. And you're also not going to see like a Derrick Henry workload for CMC, but everybody's going to be involved and the chances to score are going to be there. So you said the 49ers are a team to beat in the NFC. Who is the team to beat in the NFC if it's not San Francisco? 
I may just be saying this just because they're first, but I kind of don't think I am. I really still think it's the Eagles. You know, the Cowboys are trending that way to where I already thought they were, you know, the the de facto number two, but Mm -hmm. they are concretely the number two at this point. And I do think they're going to be the best challenger against the Eagles. Of course, in the same division, so that makes it incredibly interesting. Uh, But I I do think the Eagles hold on. Again, I know they started strong and are wavering a little bit, um, but it's hard for me to count out Hurts. I love him as a player, as a leader, and I really just believe that with that, with the embarrassment of riches they have on defense, with the talent they've basically been buying over the last couple of weeks, you know, it's older guys, but I think they're kind of, they're blending youth and talent with experience and it's going to, it's going to do well for them. Yeah. And they're getting guys, Linval Joseph and then Dominican Sue were the two guys that they've signed within the last week, but they're getting guys that have been there, have done that, have been incredibly successful in the league, but they're also getting guys in positions of need because they haven't been able to stop the run very well. And a mm. lot of that has to do with their big nose, nose tackle, uh, Jordan Davis being out. Um, but he is going to come back at some point this year. So I defensive line is one of those positions where you need depth. You need to have guys who can rotate in Mm. with the Eagles having that. I think they are incredibly frightening. I love if you were to look at the 49ers from 30,000 feet. I love that team. I Mm. love that team. I think they are the best team in the NFC until I see who's under center. And I just can't. Mm. At the end of the game, they the Eagles trusted Jalen Hurts to go down the field to do it and to win them the damn football game, and that's exactly what he did. When you get to the playoffs, Dak Prescott, I think, can do it. Jalen Hurts, I think, can do it. Mm. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo can do it, especially when you look at the AFC and you have guys who you know can do it in mm-hmm. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. Like, you know they can go down the field and win a game. I just don't think Jimmy G has it in him. Am I – Am I biased here, or are you leaning on my side? You know, I, I'm with you 100%. It, that's, that's the one thing that can hold them back, and I kind of see it as not just because it's, you know, one, the coaching tree being extended to Miami, but you have, you have guys like Jimmy G and you guys like Tua. They can be good because they're within a scheme that can work for them, but they have to make it work for them. Again, that, that does not diminish their talent level by, by any means, but – they're not a Patrick Mahomes. You know, they're, they're not one of these guys that can take over a game necessarily. If they work within this, the script that they're given, it's a hell of a script. It's a Quentin Tarantino script. And if they follow it Ooh. and everything goes well, they're good to go. But if not, it's, it's tough sledding and they can't dig out of that. Okay. Uh, totally off topic. Favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. You brought him up. I have to know. Favorite director. I need to know. Favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. Hmm. I haven't seen it in a bit, but I remember when I watched it, it was it it blew my mind. Django Unchained, I have to say. It's that's so it I would put that in my number two. I think I have Inglorious Bastards at one because I just oh, I man. love Inglorious Bastards. It's I like that. We we could go on about it all day. This isn't a movie <laughs> podcast, but if it was, whoo. Um love me love me some Quentin Tarantino. Um speaking of a guy who has a look like Hollywood, um, but he doesn't act like Hollywood, Cliff Kingsbury. That Cardinals team stunk. And I understand you don't have your starting quarterback that you just extended on a massive money deal in mm-hmm. Kyler. That being said, this Cardinals team does not look good. And Cliff has been there for a while now. Is Cliff Kingsbury the next coach to be let go? I th- I think in, ma- in many respects it makes sense 
Uh, not just a knee-jerk, you know, fan reaction to say, get this guy out of here. This offense is is fumbling, not quite literally, but just, you know, not producing the way they should, even when Kyler was in. Um, and I think the next is Hackett. And I, I know that it's it's his first season, but I look at what King, uh, Kingsbury's done, and a lot of it has been the talent that he's been given. Uh, but he has produced. I know there's been a bit of dysfunction, but, you know, I think it was March of this year. You had Kingsbury and Kime uh, extended through 2027. Again, the owner's a billionaire. Like, if he has to just eat a couple million, yeah. he's going to eat a couple million, and that's fine. But, I mean, with Hackett, this is a guy where in within one season, he's just been given so much talent, which it's always – it's more than talent. It's about how the team plays and how the team performs. But he already had to figure out – bring someone in to help him with uh, uh, game management. He then just relinquished uh, play calling duties to Kubiak. And this is his first season, and he's already being rattled so much that he's just giving up responsibility throughout the season. I'm not saying he has to be, uh, you know, emperor and kind of control everything, but he seems like he has no confidence about it, and it just does not look good. If you are doing those kinds of things 11 weeks into your job, I think you are on the hot seat enough that I don't think it – like the Broncos can't salvage this season. Mm. They can win games the rest of the way out, look competent. And I think Hackett could save his job, but like you can't salvage a season in which you were kind of all in for the most part outside of trading Bradley Chubb for a first round pick. Like mm. you don't have a, a whole hell of a lot. Like you sold a ton of capital to get Russ. Russ has looked awful. Um, I, man, I don't know. I, that's a, I could absolutely see Hackett being gone. And the Broncos, I mean, their new ownership group, they have plenty of money. They're not mm. worried about biting the bullet for, you know, that dollar amount. So what's that to Walmart? You know what I mean? <laughs> it is what it is. Um, we're going to keep it in the NFC West because it is incredibly interesting out there. Um, I don't have it on the show sheet because the show sheet I made um daryl henderson had not been released yet however he has now been waived from the rams i i put on the show sheet and i quote do the rams just call it a year they're now getting rid of their leading rusher what is going on in la right now i mean i'm not here to say that daryl henderson was the second coming of any great running back but looking at how atrocious that backfield has been this entire season all of them included you have the issue with Cam Akers earlier in the season where there was just a general disagreement. He sat out but wasn't fine, so it seemed to be that the coaching staff was in on him not playing either. He wasn't traded. They have Kyron Williams coming back, a guy who I was pretty high on coming out uh, with his rookie year this year. Hey, Notre Dame, go Irish. Yeah, buddy. And I I don't get it. You know, I mean, I understand, you know, there could be the slump with, you know, having such success last year coming over to this year, but... There was not enough turnover on that team for all this to be happening, you know, with Darren Henderson now being released. I don't get it. I mean, at this point, why wouldn't you keep him? Like, what what are you gaining it's, from letting him go? The hit's already on the cap, and when you're looking at the running backs who are on that roster, like, you have Cam Akers, you have Kyron Williams, and then I don't know who else is on that roster, if they have any practice squad guys that they're willing to bring up. But mm. I don't think they have any, like, sort of young depth piece that are, that they want to get a bunch of touches. Yeah. To, and you could have just done that and taken some touches away from Daryl Henderson while still having him on your roster. I don't mm. – to me, that's weird. Um, Daryl Henderson was actually 
ecstatic about leaving. Um, he tweeted a couple of smiley face and like the prayer hands emoji. So it looks like this was a mutual parting of ways, but still a really weird, weird scenario. The whole nine yards. There's no, can the Rams salvage this year at all? Or are they done? They're just, they're, they're done. So, I mean, with a lot of yeah, after they won the Super Bowl, a lot of the talk of hey, is McVay going to walk away? Hey, is Donald going to walk away? It's like I know you want to go out on top, but like you don't go out on top, and then this is what happens. I mean, I mean, they only have so much time that they're going to actually be able to compete with some of those pieces with how expensive it is, how they keep trading away picks. Like next year, I think they have the second, a third, don't have their fourth, and they have not their own fifth and sixth or something like that. Yeah, uh, it's it it looks rough. Yeah, something that the Rams, what they were so top heavy, right? They were very high end talent, a lot of, you know, big name players on that roster. But what happens when you have all that high end talent, and not a whole hell of a lot of depth is injuries can absolutely decimate you. I don't think Matt Ryan has been himself. But again, I don't think the Rams at any point through this 11 weeks have started the same five offensive linemen in consecutive mm. games. It's been a hodgepodge offensive line, and we know how important that is. And as a Bengals fan, I know how important a bad offensive line can be. Um, and then you have Cup getting hurt now. They're they're injured on defense. It's just – it's a mess. But from a, a – you're a fantasy guy. Daryl Henderson, where do you want him to end up, and where do you think he ends up? So this was an interesting one. So I kind of – not liking it in terms of uh, his abilities, but when Eno was released, um, I know he ended up being claimed by the Texans. Uh, they also claimed Amari Rogers for some reason. Uh, but Daryl Henderson feels like he should go to the Chargers. The Chargers have been perpetually looking for who can spell Eckler. They haven't been able to find it since Melvin Gordon left. Uh, and I think that Henderson could be a great guy for that. Not because, again, he's an incredible player, but... They've dr tried to draft guys. They've tried to sign some people. It just hasn't worked. And I think Henderson could truly be an upgrade for them. And they're a team who I do hope they snag uh, one of the last wild card spots. I don't think they're going to do it. They get the injury bug bites them the, every single the, year. The Chargers but... just Chargers every year. <laughs> it's unbelievable. But yeah, that, that's that's what I'm thinking. Maybe the Chiefs, but I I, I kind of doubt that. So what do you think? I actually love that. Like from a fit standpoint, I think that makes a whole hell of a lot of sense to give Austin Eckler that um, backup. You know, if you need to get some touches away from him, um, would be an in I don't know a, a really fun signing. Good for Daryl Henderson. He wouldn't have to you know change apartments or anything. He <laughs> gets to stay in L.A. Um, I would be. I'm interested in the charger, not the Chargers, the uh, Broncos as well. Because mm. Henderson is a young guy. He's still on his rookie deal. And obviously some other news today is Melvin Gordon is out. So, or it has been waived from that roster. So I think they might be looking for a running back. Obviously Javante Williams is their guy long-term, but surely they, they're not just going to stick with Latavius Murray the rest of the year. I've, I hope not. I mean, I think at this point, because Chase Edmonds, I believe, was also put on the IR today. So at this yep. point, it's only Latavius Murray. And I think Marlon Mack is uh, is sleeping on a bench somewhere. So <laughs> Marlon Mack is just <laughs> – what a journeyman that guy's been. Yeah. He, he seemed to be the poster child for the Achilles recovery, but then it's just like he's been on like five different teams at this point. I'm like, 
I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting. If you have either of these two guys that have been cut, Melvin Gordon or Daryl Henderson, are you going to keep them on your bench? Because you probably weren't starting them anyway, or at least I hope not. If you mm. were, your team probably is not doing very well. Are you willing to cut your ties and say, we'll see ya? Or how are you treating them from a, a redraft standpoint? Uh, from redraft, I probably would let him go. I, re- I really don't think, you know, wherever they sign on to, again, even if it's, you know, a great fit and it makes a lot of sense, I mean, at best, they're going to be on the back end of a committee. And even and even if it's a very good committee, probably all of those very good committees already exist and they're not going to be signing either of those guys. So, Yep. Yeah, that is, that's a fair point. Um, that's all we've got for the recap. So we're going to move on to a... Uh, new segment we're going to do some contenders and pretenders i'm going to rattle off some teams to you chew and i want to know are they contenders or are they pretenders and we got to start with america's team the dallas cowboys are the dallas cowboys contenders or pretenders absolute contenders there you got dak Rowland, you got pollard in there the defense is just absolutely stacked Again, I don't think they're going to overtake the Eagles for the division, but they got that first wild card spot, and they're they're going to be a hell of a wild card team. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see who they end up playing because if they could play, I, I'm thinking division wise, the NFC South is probably going to have the worst division out of that. So they could end oh, up yeah. playing Tom Brady um, would be a a hell of a first round matchup. Mm-hmm. Are you worried about Mike McCarthy at all? Because like I just see him on the sidelines, and I think about that story where he smashed a watermelon, and I just can't take him seriously. Do are we worried about him, or do we think, hey, he's done it before, he has won a Super Bowl, he can do it again? I would like to think, yeah, I definitely understand that fear there. Uh, I would like to think that he'll get out of his own way and kind of let the team kind of do their thing. You know, you do have a great staff there, it seems to be, and. You have a lot of talent that has also been there for a couple of years, even some of the younger guys, maybe not necessarily the rookie year. So not in the deeper playoff pushes, but they've been there. They've played together. And again, health and momentum is the biggest thing to have going into end of the season, into the playoffs. And they seem to have both of those right now. So I, I contend her all the way. Not to keep harping on America's team because I can't stand the Cowboys, but OBJ has been talked about between the Cowboys and the Giants, and we'll we'll talk about the Giants. But do you think there's a shot that he ends up in Dallas? Maybe. You know, I, I think as the can kept getting kicked further down the road with OBJ saying, uh, yeah, I'm not signing yet. I'll sign then after Thanksgiving. I mean, this guy's just waiting for when can I pick a team and I feel like this is the team that will be in the Super Bowl. I mean, and again, at this point, he's a mercenary at this point. Like he's just signed, he's signed a one-year deal like Deshaun Jackson until the rest of his his career is over. Like that's it. So I get it. And honestly, I think he should. Mm. Like he's not, health has held him back in recent years. And especially like tearing your ACL as late as he did, I totally understand doing it for this year. But put yourself in a good situation. He's made his money. Mm-hmm. And he is going to have any endorsement deal that he wants as long as he's playing football because he is Odell Beckham Jr. and he's got the persona. Why not just go play for good teams? And I understand that, like, oh, it's ring chasing. But if you're a major contributor like Odell Beckham Jr. is when he's healthy, I'm I'm fine with that. 
And it's so hard to ring chase in football because it's so hard to have continued success in football. So mm. I'm okay with OBJ doing it. I just like as a Bengals fan, I know he's not going to end up on my team. I just hope he doesn't end up with like Baltimore because that would I would hate every ounce of that because they're already like I can't not root for Lamar Jackson because he's so fun. I but oh yeah, division rival. It is what it is. Um, <laughs> we got to talk another team in the NFC. Your wife's Minnesota Vikings. Do you think they're contenders? Does she think they're contenders? I'll have to ask her after this podcast. I think she would say contenders, although I think after there's no way around it. Like they got their ass beat. Like th- there's no positive spin to that. Like you can't lose by 37 and it'd be a good thing. Like learning experience, like no, they just got beat. Um, and, but again, I really do think with how they're situated in that division, there's no way they're going to lose that division. And, you know, you don't want to come in limping into the, uh, playoffs in terms of yeah we won our division but it's because we're you know no one else is good in the division so we technically got into the playoffs um, but I think I, I find it hard to believe with the weapons that they have specifically on offense and that defense doing better than in previous years they have to be able to figure it out I know primetime cousins uh, is basically a non-existent untalented person narrative. for some reason but it's a narrative and it <laughs> exists and it's like not a false narrative oh man I I, I hope it doesn't uh, continue to weigh on him going into the playoffs this season, but I want it so bad. When the, a couple of years ago, when it was going to be the Super Bowl in Minnesota, they completely just ruined that. I wanted them to be able to, you know, play the Super Bowl in their hometown, their home stadium. Miss that, miss that chance. But I think they can do it this year in Arizona. I believe is the Super Bowl. Yep. 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 So. Which talk about a sports weekend? That and the waste management open like back to back weekends or the same weekend. Oh, that would be <laughs> awesome. Unfortunately. I am way too broke for that. Um, <laughs> I'm with you on that one. <laughs> hey, like and subscribe to the podcast so I can go to the Super Bowl, please. There you go. Damn it. I'm just, trying to, I'm just trying to go. I'll take two with me. There you go. <laughs> um, I, I don't think we're going to see your team, but we can root for mine. That's right. <laughs> I'll, I'll bring my Steve Smith jersey and just try to just hide myself. <laughs> Hell yeah. Speaking of my team, why not? Let's do them next. The Cincinnati Bengals are 6-4. and four. We have lost some brutal games. Lost the Ravens close at the end on a last-second field goal. Lost the Steelers because we could not make a kick, and our long snapper got hurt. And it just seems like we can't ever really figure it out. But we were in this spot last year, and we made the Super Bowl. How do how should I feel, Chu? Should I feel like my team are contenders? Because obviously I think they are. I mean, Joe Burrow, come on. It really helps that last season happened. Because no one can say it's impossible. You you can't say that. It ju- it just happened not even a year ago. And one big thing, they have Samaje Piran who can score three touchdowns in relief. Yep. So And that's not for nothing. But also, with them not having Chase for a couple of weeks, I thought that was going to be the nail in the coffin of, like, if they can't play incredible football, when Chase comes back, it won't, it won't matter. But they, they've done well. Higgins has stepped up. Higgins is an alpha in, in his own. No, like it, it's incredible to have those two guys. So yeah, I, I look. I wake up every Sunday excited to watch football, and I can't. I can't ask for more than that. Yeah, and I think uh, you know once Chase comes back, I think that will allow Burrow. I know he had a, a bit of a, a turnover problem early in the season, mm-hmm. and it reared his head a little bit this past week with two, two picks. But I think once you get both of those guys back, Boyd is an incredible compliment. Um, overall, I hope Mixon's not hurt for too many weeks with the concussion. I believe so. I, th- I think they're going to build some steam. I think they're going to end the season well, still end up getting a wild card, but I think they're, I think they'll be all right. Yeah. I, the thing, and which 
Joe Burrow is, it's crazy. He has six or eight interceptions on the year. Six of them have been against Pittsburgh. Like that is, it's a, it's a good thing we're not going to see them in the playoffs. Um, <laughs> but that being said, I think as long as you have a guy like Joe Burrow, you have a shot. However, and this is going to be the realism fan in me because I went 26 years without seeing the Bengals win a playoff game. I don't think that they're contenders this year. And I think part of the reason is the injuries. And we have, we're missing DJ Reader, our incredible three tech on the inside on defense. And obviously Jamar Chase being hurt certainly does not help. And if he comes back and can be 100% of Jamar Chase, I think we'll be okay. But what I'm worried about is over the next two weeks, we play Tennessee, we play Kansas City, those are games where you need 100% Jamar Chase, and I don't think we're going to get 100% Jamar Chase. And after week 13, we could be sitting there with a losing record. So I, I'm a little concerned. Mm. Um, Chidabe Awuzie, our starting corner, um, tearing his ACL, being gone for the year, obviously hurts. Um, and when Eli Apple is your number one corner, Houston, you got a problem. So I'm going to say they're not contenders, Um but I think all the pieces are still there. They could win. They could absolutely win a playoff game, make it to the AFC Championship. Who knows? I mean, with Burrow, anything's possible. But I don't have a ton of faith. I, I don't. It's just I've been a Bengals fan for so long, man. I'm just so used to being disappointed. It, it is what it is. <laughs> um, let's uh, let's talk about those New York Giants. They are one of the most confusing teams to me. I I'm a gambling man, and I loved under seven and a half wins. I said, I like Brian Dayball. I don't know who their receivers are, but they aren't any good. I don't think their defense was going to be worth a shit. And then here we are. They're sitting at seven wins already, 11 weeks into the year. Do they have a shot? Are they contenders or are they just happy to be here? Well, this this was the toughest one for me, honestly. Uh, really? Out of all this? Yeah. So if we're looking at it from the standpoint of playoffs, I would say contender because I do think they're going to get a wild card spot. But in terms of having any shot at making a run into the playoffs and I mean, God forbid, win the Super Bowl, not a chance. I think Dable is just getting started. Uh, he has maximized any bit of talent on this team. They traded away Kadarius Tony, who I mean wasn't really playing anyway because yeah. his hamstring hurt too bad. Uh, and losing Wandale Robinson, you know, when that trade happened That's with Tony. Tough. That was horrible that they had that trade. It kind of cemented that Wandale is going to be their guy. Was already having a nine-catch, nine 100-something yard game. Tears his ACL. Uh, I hate to see it. I love to see Saquon getting used creatively, though. Um, Vanilla Vic back there, <laughs> being as efficient as he possibly can be. But, you know, it's it's not their year. But this is, you know, with Abel, he's going to be coach of the year. I don't know how he's not. And... I think this is a good look for them for the future. This is how you can not make the not maybe make the playoffs, but not make a run and feel great about your team. Yeah, I and I think it's one of those things where if we were to sit here and say Giants are going to have a first round exit now, Giants fans would be disappointed. If we were to sit here in August and look a Giants fan in the eyes and say the Giants are going to have a first round e exit, they, they would be ecstatic that they made the playoffs. Yep. So I, I think you got you kind of have to take take this with a grain of salt. Um, I don't think they're contenders. I don't think they're going to win a playoff game. I'm not a believer in, in the Danny Dimes 
Um, I think they're going to need to get a guy at some point, and I don't think Daniel Jones is the guy. But if you're if you're a New York football fan, I mean, you got to be riding high right now. And the other New York team, the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Contender, pretender, do I have to keep Zach Wilson away from my family Thanksgiving? Go. Uh, 100% keep him away. <laughs> Please do that. And pretender to the fullest extent. Uh, not a team that I've followed a tremendous amount uh, throughout the year, but checking in and seeing that their record uh, was was that close to the Patriots, a team that I didn't think was had been doing incredibly well this year anyway. It was shocking. But to watch the end of that game and to see that punt return, to watch Robert Sala's face, just the disgust in his team, to then hear him say in the press conference after describing his offense as dog shit was such a cool moment because I know every coach wants to say that, but with what he's had to go through since he's become head coach, I get why he's just so fed up. Like it could just be lip service and he's just trying to light a fire under the, under his team. But I mean, Zach Wilson, he, when he was drafted, you know, when they were talking like, Oh man, he could even be the first quarterback. I didn't understand it. Like he's such a, he's, he's a small guy. I know they talk about like, Oh, the arm talent, the angle, whatever. It's like, I know, but it just seems like Malik Willis, but like less, uh, less, less turnover happy. Uh, and I don't mean mobile. I just mean in terms of how he throws the ball. Yeah, I, I just didn't get it. So I mean, they're pretenders. You know, they have so much talent. I'm a, I'm a big Elijah Moore fan. I was sad to see how it's been going this season, but they just they're going to continue to crumble. And I'm glad at least one New York team's doing well. Yeah, I think Zach Wilson is the big. At any time we sit here and look at pro days from now on, we're going to be like, yeah, but Zach Wilson. Like his pro day had people on their feet talking about what his Hall of Fame speech is going to say, counting, you know, like, hey, are we going to have to put the rings on his second hand because he's playing so well? And then we realize that you play football in pads and not in shorts. So it's tough. It's it's tough. Um, Speaking of that AFC East, the New England Patriots, as it stands right now, are a playoff team. Are they contenders? Can Bill Belichick do it? Can they pull off some sort of magic or are they frauds? Pretenders again, you know, it's, it's a team where in the regular season, they're going to grind it out and win some very ugly games. And it may, it may get them to that final wild card spot. I hope not. Cause honestly, I think when you think of those uh, last wild card spots, you want it to be an exciting team that you think they could they have a fighter's chance of winning a game, even one. And the Patriots aren't it. I mean, I understand Bill Belichick is the coach, and he can do no wrong, and he's a genius, and he's better, not better without Tom Brady. That's crazy. Um, but, you know, he's he's continuing to win sometimes in spite of him, and that's that team's just not going to do it. And, you know, I think the average NFL, NFL fan is just not going to be, you know, they're not excited to watch that game, and I I just don't see it. Yeah, that, that they're just not, they're not a fun team. You know what I mean? They're gonna yep. they're gonna win games. They've been winning games, and as long as Bill Belichick's their head coach, they're gonna continue to to win like close, gritty dogfight games. But they're they're just not a fun team to watch. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Um, let's move on to our our holiday special, our Thanksgiving segment, if you will. Um, these are football things that I am thankful for, that we are thankful for too. I'm going to start with my number three, or I'm going to start with my number one. I'm going to start my number one. We'll keep it going from there. The thing that I am the most thankful for, football 
Nirvana, my my hero, my savior, Joe Burrow. As a Bengals fan, there is few things better than knowing your team can win any given Sunday. Having Joe Burrow does that, I he's just so fun to watch, man. It is are you um are you a believer in Joe Burrow being like he's the guy, he's legit, he's one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL? Joe Burrow has I mean, to most simply put it, he has that it factor. He he has the ability to produce, and he plays in a way where you know the team will get behind him 100% because they believe he can do anything. And he will put his life on the line. He will put his ACL on the line. He will put whatever he needs to do. And with what their team looks like right now, there's so much talent he's surrounded by. So when you get a guy that's that good at the quarterback position and you give him that many weapons, anything's possible. He, man, he's just so fun to watch. And I think he is, like, when you see him talk, if you were to watch this guy outside of football, if I were to show him to any, like, non-football fan and ask them if he was a leader just based on his body language and what he does and how he speaks, he looks like a leader. I'm glad that he's on my football team. And I am thankful for Joe Burrow. Chu, what do you got? Who are you thankful for? Or what are you thankful for from a football standpoint? Uh, mine is probably a bit cynical. Uh, I'm thankful that Mar- Matt Rule got fired. Uh, <laughs> I was calling it that he was going to get fired before Thanksgiving. And I'm like, man, is it even Halloween yet? Like this is. I, I'm I'm glad he's gone. It, also, partially just for the overall locker room and the culture and everything to be like, all right, we need to shift this thing back around. We need to get this on the right path. We're not going to win games this season. That's okay. Get a top five pick. Get a quarterback. But we need Rule out of there. He's not the guy for the future. He he shouldn't have even, he should have been fired last season. If I'm being honest, um, so the I know we're supposed to be thankful and be nice and all that. I'm I'm a cynic. So Matt Rule, gone. I love it. And I we saw the stats so many times during the season. It's like the Panthers under Matt Rule are like two and twenty whatever when the opposing team scores seventeen points. It's like the magic number. All you have to do is score seventeen to beat the Panthers. So I I, I think Matt Rule is a really good college football coach and Mm -hmm. i don't think he's an nfl guy and we'll it'll be interesting to see if he ends up at a nebraska or whatever um this offseason but man if i'm if i'm getting paid like tens of million dollars to not work my ass sitting on the couch i can tell you that much that's right for for sure um my second thing on the uh, list of football things that i am thankful for um, and it's kind of as we get close, closer to Christmas, too. It's the gift that keeps on giving. This Denver Broncos team is a walking meme. Russell Wilson is a, a corny dude. And if you're a fan of him, great. I'm not. I just don't think he's incredibly authentic. That being said, I the, I'm a, I love TikTok. And seeing the guy who makes the videos of like, This is an update on whether or not Russell Wilson has thrown more touchdowns than he has bathrooms in his house. The answer is no. Like it's, it's hilarious. You have Melvin Gordon tweeting out a picture of him driving the OJ Bronco as he's being waved by the team. Nathaniel Hackett is talking star Wars in his press conference on why his offense sucks so bad. It is just, it's something that I can just laugh at. And you know what? I need that around the holidays. It gets a little stressful. I am thankful that the Broncos are just fun to make fun of. Yeah, that 
if you would have told me that the Broncos and the Rams would both be at the bottom of their divisions at this point in the season, I, I would have thought it was April when you were you were joking. You were saying it was April first, and that's what's happening. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. It's it is also very hilarious. Yeah, that Russell Wilson, you know, he's he's doing high knees on the plane. Like it's just all this nonsense. Yeah, I'm like, that, oh dude, your God. lack of awareness is insane. Because then at the end, interview him when he gets over to London, he's like, yeah, that's exactly what I was doing. Yeah, it's, I didn't even sleep. Like watch <laughs> watch film, high knees, watch more film. Ate a danger witch sandwich. Like it, <laughs> it's it's just it keeps stacking up. It's so funny. Um, true. Who you got for your, uh, what else you have on your football thankful list? So my, mine's kind of a quirky one here. So I have Jamal Williams leading the league in rushing touchdowns. This, this kind of brings me back to, you know, kind of a James Conner thing last year, but it brings me back to look at blunt days on the Patriots. It, it, as the season keeps going on, you don't realize that's what he's, you don't realize he's producing that many touchdowns. And by the end of the year, you're just like, how is this guy fantasy relevant? How is this guy taking touches so many away from DeAndre Swift, who conceivably is healthy now, but they're like, but Jamal Williams, he just has it. He just scores touchdowns at a ridiculous rate for a team that's just not that good. So it's one of those things, like in fantasy, you can appreciate, like, yeah, I'm starting Jamal Williams. But if someone watches the game, they're like, Jamal Williams? You mean DeAndre Swift? No, Jamal Williams. Yeah, and that's that's one of those things, too, where it's like, well, the Lions' offensive line is good. I can... You know, I think they could have a fantasy relevant running back. And then I I would sit here and go, the Lions have the league's leading running back scorer. And you're like, no, nah, DeAndre Swift is good, <laughs> but like he's not and you're like, no, not even not even him. It's the anime guy that they got from the Packers for essentially <laughs> free. It, it it's crazy. He's had a hell of a year though. And I he's also a guy that is just so easy to root for. Like he's just his interviews are awesome. I love that guy. He's an, um, he's an absolute character. Oh, for sure. Speaking of characters, my third and final and probably most pinnacle football person that I am thankful for, thankful for, and I think Thanksgiving may be his favorite holiday. I am thankful for Andy Reid. This man is—he just brings so much joy to football. When you watch that Chiefs offense, especially like against the Chargers. Sunday night football. You know that you you are in for a treat. He is like Santa Claus coming down the chimney, bringing gifts with his creative. It's not just that he is winning games and their offense is putting up points. It's how they do it. They get so creative and they're using Travis Kelsey all over the place. And you're like, no Tyreek Hill, no problem. And he makes Patrick Mahomes look so, so good. I love Andy Reid. And he's just so another guy who is incredibly easy to root for seems just like a, I would invite Andy Reed to my Thanksgiving. He seems like a hell of a time. You might have to make an extra Turkey or two, but what a dude. Andy Reed is the, like his comments just to like, after the Super Bowl, I'm going to get a good cheeseburger. You can't beat that guy. I love Andy Reed and I am thankful that he is the head coach of the Kansas city chiefs. Oh, he will leave your Thanksgiving table with gravy still in that mustache, and you won't say a word because that's what he wants. Yeah, and you're just going to be like, hell yeah, I'm so glad he was there. He's the best. <laughs> oh, I, all right. Chu, who do you got for your number one? What are you the most thankful for for your uh, NFL football Thanksgiving? This might be a layup here, but I'm going to say Thanksgiving football. One of my favorite matchups is to watch the Cowboys and the Giants 
as my family is all from upstate New York and they are Giants fans till they die. So I've had to deal with, you know, them winning a couple of Super Bowls in my lifetime. But I love divisional matchups in either, you know, prime time or in notable days, notable games, front and center. And especially, I mean, again, probably the family piece of it, when I get to be with so much family, get all this New York family around and let's just watch the Giants. And at this year, I don't know if they're going to beat the Cowboys, but it's just so much fun. I love it. Yeah, and it's one of those things, too, where it's like it gives you something to talk about with your family. And maybe, you know, like I have to travel for my family Thanksgivings and every year it's, oh, how's work? How's this? How's that? It's like, well, my job hasn't changed. Uh, subscribe to the podcast and all that <laughs> other stuff. But it's 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 nice to be able to, to talk about football and avoid the when are you having kids conversation. Because when I do have kids, I'll listen to the Father Dynasty podcast, which you should go subscribe and listen to everybody listening to this, please. Shameless plug. I Love will it. shamelessly plug. Um, I, I have yeah, shame. <laughs> Thanksgiving football is, I don't know who thought of this. I don't know who's the inventor of Thanksgiving football. It'd be something, uh, a good YouTube video to make, to be honest with you. But thank you to whoever decided that, that was a great idea because, oh, it, Thanksgiving football is awesome. And uh, speaking of Thanksgiving football, let's do a little rankings. Let's do some rankings. We get three matchups. On Thanksgiving Day today at 12:30, we have Bills at Lions. You just you're sitting down with your plate, you're turning the TV on, you get to watch Josh Allen decimate that lot awful Lions defense, and you get to watch that Lions team score points and man Campbell. We get Giants at Cowboys. You already talked about it, but an awesome division game in Jerry World. And then you get Patriots and Bill Belichick and primetime Kirk Cousins as a little a cherry on top of your Thanksgiving Thursday. Chew, how would you rank those games? One, two, three. You already know number one. That's the Giants-Cowboys right there. I love that it's right, right in the middle. I probably have time for a nap before that. If not, I might sleep through the first half, I hope. Hope, hope not. that's not the case, but we'll see. Uh, this one was tough. So I'm going to say second, the Patriots-Vikings. Uh, more so just because I want to see the Vikings get back on the right path. You know, I think when you have such a devastating game like they did, you're always looking to see, like, it doesn't matter who they're playing next game. Can they win? I don't care if it's a trash team. Can they win? Can they get one win under their belt and keep going? Um, and kind of similar with the Bills and Lions. I mean, the Lions are trash, but Josh Allen has his MVP hopes, I think, have been kind of dwindling as he's descending, you know, he's not you know he he's asked to do so much he's asked to be the leading rusher on his team he's asked to just lead his team as a whole and i think mahomes has you know exceeded him in that mvp conversation at this point um but josh allen i want to see him just handedly destroy the lions no turnovers ideally and just that, that can be his get right game you know even if he doesn't get that mvp uh by the end of the year he can kind of you know build some momentum going into the playoffs I I love that take. I actually have these games in an entirely different order than you do. So I'm, I'm happy that uh, we have some disparity here. My number three, I'm going Patriots-Vikings. I, that Patriots offense stinks. It's boring, whatever. Their defense is awesome. Matthew Judon is incredible to watch as a uh, former defensive lineman. His teach tape is just chef's kiss. But that being said, it's going to be night. I'm going to be tired. That trip to Fambi hitting. And then I have to watch primetime Kirk Cousins. Ah, I'm going to put that game at my number three. My number two, I'm going Giants-Cowboys. 
great game, impactful game, meaningful for the division. Like from a NFL importance standpoint, this is definitely the most important game on the slate uh, to see, you know, who's, I, this is big for playoffs, which if you'd have told me that this would be the most important playoff implicating game to go into this this weekend slate, I would have laughed at you at the beginning of the year, but this is an important one. But I'm going to put that at two because number one, 1230, Josh Allen, you get to start the day with points. I don't know what the total is for this game. I'm betting the over. It's, I just want to see points. I want to see Amon Ross St. Brown. I want to see Stephon Diggs, Jamal Williams, De- Dawson Knox, and Devin Singletary, and Gabe Day. I want to see all the points. I want to see Josh Allen jump over a dude. I want action. I think this game is going to have a ton of it. I think it's going to be incredibly exciting. I, that, just from a, I don't have a stake in this game, but I'm going to be glued to the TV every minute. I can't wait. Can't wait. But we got to talk about the rest of the weekend because we can't just get bogged down with, you know, the. there's more football than just on Thursday, which is, I mean, we get college football on Friday. We get college football Saturday and then NFL Sunday. This feast week is really the best week of the year. You love sports. We get World Cup. Go USA. I don't, not a big soccer guy. I'm not, I'm just not good at it. Um, <laughs> but let's start with the game we are most looking for forward to this weekend outside of that thanksgiving slate you will very much appreciate this and i actually picked this completely independent of the fact that you are a Bengals fan but i'm excited to watch the Bengals titans game and let's go the titans have a firm grasp on the afc south the colts are the next closest uh kind of reminds me of the vikings lions disparity in terms of you know i think the titans basically have that division locked up so yeah. i'm less concerned you know if they win or lose not really much of a change there but the Bengals. If they maybe don't have Mixon with a concussion, if Chase isn't quite back yet either at all or at 100%, I still want to see them win this game. I think if they can win this game, missing one or both of those guys, that would be so impactful for this team. Because the Titans are no slouches. You know, I know they play in a trash division, but they have have still won you know ample games to where I think they're you know a very competent team. But the Bengals are better. The, the Bengals are just the better team. And I think that Burrow, team on his back, minimize the turnovers. I'm really excited to to see him get that team on the right path going into the playoffs. Yeah, and this is one of those games you get that revenge factor. You get the AFC um, divisional round rematch. So, I'm, I mean, as a Bengals fan, I'm obviously incredibly, incredibly excited for that game. And hopefully we get Jamar Chase back. Should be electric. I didn't pick that game, though, because... Uh, the bias i didn't want to seem like a biased fan I'm, I'm never biased why would i ever be biased towards my team so i'm gonna pick a different one i am going packers at eagles at the link sunday night football aaron Rodgers. i don't think that this packers team is dead yet i think that they have some fight in them i want to see against the eagles and this is an eagles team that They lost a game they shouldn't have against the Commanders. The Commanders had a phenomenal game plan. The Eagles turned the ball over. You lose. Then you kind of struggle against the Colts a little bit. Who who is this Eagles team? Stand up at Philadelphia. I want to see that fight in you. I want to see you run up the stairs to the Rocky theme. Are are you the the top dogs? Because I think you have a shot to prove it this weekend if you really come in in your home stadium and whoop the Packers. 
I like that. I th- and I really think that that uh, Eagles defense is going to be just a complete menace for Rodgers. You know, I think that as long as they don't let him get any steam, I know that when Aaron Rodgers is under center, anything is possible, uh, regardless of who his weapons are. Uh, but I, I I want that one to be exciting, but I really want the Eagles to win that game. And I, I don't think it's, you know, a bias That's in the fair. sense of like, you know, they're not in one. I want them to keep winning. I think they've got it. I think they've got that locked up. But I do think this, that that is going to be a very exciting game to see what Packers team comes out. And, you know, are the Eagles regaining their composure or are they going to start crumbling now? I don't know. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. But with the good, we always have the bad. And I need to know, Chu, what is your game that you think will stink this weekend? Well, much like you, I left my fandom out the door in picking the Panthers-Broncos game. Because I have no interest in watching this game. It's going to be atrocious. And I actually picked this game before Donald was named the starter. And I actually put a joke in there saying the Panthers are probably at some point going to name Darnold the starter. So I had to change the verbiage on there. But, I mean, there's there's no win in this game. Either the Panthers win, and that changes nothing in terms of their divisional status, anything like that, despite them playing in the worst division in terms of record with the Buccaneers leading it at 5-5. and Or the Broncos win, and everyone's just going to say, it, it's about time. Look who's on your team. So, I mean, either way, you know, I don't want to plan for it to be an exciting game. And, I, you know, whoever wins, did they really win? Yeah, I, I agree. And this is the lowest total game for the NFL all year. The total is oh. 36 and a half. They anticipate no points. Mm. I... I just can't. There's nothing about this game that it's like, oh, well, I'm excited to like I could talk myself into watching good defense, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't there I I just don't see it. Um I'm trying to look now. I want to see the totals for each of the teams because it, uh, 36 and a half. The Broncos point total is 18 and a half points. There's that stat floating around that if they had scored 18 points in every single game, or at least in regulation, they would be nine and one or eight and whatever it is. Oh man, 18 and a half points. You take an over, you take an under. I'm probably still going to go under, honestly. I I think this Panthers. I, I, I don't I don't feel like good. I, yeah, that's the only good thing about the Panthers they, is yeah they got defense. I think. Uh, like the way that that would be broken is if the Broncos get a pick six <laughs> on Sam. Mm. I legitimately think if they have a, a defensive touchdown, that might get them over that number. But I'm I would take under eight. I don't. Darnold's I mean, pretty they, secure with the ball. I don't know about that. <laughs> hey, we'll see. I'm just kidding. No, he's we'll not. <laughs> see. My uh, yeah, yeah. I was gonna, dude, dude, gonna hold on to the ball at USC. Um, but again, biased Notre Dame fan. It is what it is. Um, my game that I think is going to stink, you know, the Bears Jets. And I understand that we have had some electric, actually exciting to watch Bears football over the last several weeks. But then Justin Fields got hurt. And we might get to see a Trevor Simeon Mike White matchup. And I don't want that anywhere near my friends and family. I want to keep them away from that game. I don't want them to think that that game's on because I don't want them to have to go out and wash their eyes before they travel home to make sure that they get home safe because that game is going to be brutal to watch. I like, is there, if from a fantasy standpoint, if those two quarterbacks are starting, 
Are you comfortable in starting any player offensively from those two teams? Maybe Montgomery. Maybe. Just because who else? But other than that, really nobody. I mean, even if I look at the Jets' backfield, I'm like, all right, well, I mean, Michael Carter and James Robinson should do something. I'm assuming that one of the t- one of the tight ends is going to, you know, snag one touchdown. But, like, overall, like, you can't pick any of them confidently and say, they've got a ceiling that I'm trying to chase. It's like, no, they're going to hit the floor that you don't want. Yeah. And even with about, like, the Jets' run defense has been pretty stout this year. So, like, that, mm. I, yeah, there's just – that game is not exciting. But speaking of things that are exciting – Chu, I appreciate you coming on. We will have to do this again because you are a hell of a guest. The Father Dynasty podcast. He's at Father Dynasty on Twitter. Follow him there first and then go subscribe to his podcast on every single platform because you need to listen to it more than once. It's that good. Talking fatherhood and talking dynasty fantasy football. There's not a whole hell of a lot that gets better than that. Chu, I appreciate you coming on, man. And be sure to like and subscribe to this show so you can always get the best content. We have college football show on Tuesdays, our NFL show on Thursdays, although you're listening to this on a Wednesday because of Thanksgiving. But I appreciate you all, and we will see you in the next one. 